I will mom you Wait so hard right now. <laughs> Rolling, take one. I have some very mixed feelings about this. <laughs> Is it going to be all right? Hello and welcome to All Through a Lens. This is the podcast about film photography where we discuss little more than just film photography. I'm Banya. And I'm Eric. And have we got yet another show for you. It's uh, it's the spooky, it's the mysterious episode 13. Ooh. We've got some tips for you. Uh, we got a call with Iowa Amy. We'll teach you how to do your own trichromes. That's the thing where you take three different black and white photos and you combine them to make a color photo spooky not spooky it's a, it's a little spooky <laughs> it's not it's a tiny <laughs> bit spooky and then we'll talk about a, a couple of pictures that we took and there's some zine reviews and there's some more other stuff i'm sure we'll talk about other things but first but first vanya how the hell are you doing? Very well, thank you. You're welcome. Basically normal, so that's great. Yeah. Or normal for me. Ha ha. <laughs> I've been kind of searching for inspiration to shoot, and I definitely want to say that with the podcast and all the projects we do, yeah. it's really been helping with that. I think that I probably wouldn't be shooting as much as I have been, and I think I just want to be a little bit more mindful of that. It's nice that I am able to get some time to do that, first of all, and then just developing with you and doing the projects yeah. together. It's been fun, even though we live in completely different states. I have a friend that we can just completely talk about film. Wait. And that's great. You have a friend like that? Who is he? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I think it's great with the podcast that we're kind of... I don't want to say forcing ourselves to work because it doesn't feel like work or force, but it's that it drives extra push, an extra push that I wouldn't have had normally. Like I went out and I shot last night. I shot a roll of that, you know, that weird black and white film that you develop in C41 for some fucking reason. Yes, I do. Cause I've developed it in black and white. <laughs> But go on, tell me, tell me about this. Well, I shot it and I'll be developing it. I think we're going to do a next dev party maybe about that. Interesting. Wait, are you going to develop it in C41? No, I'm going to develop it in ECN too because I figured. I'm a crafty little bitch. Well, it'll be interesting to see. I wonder if anybody's done that before. I'm sure, you know, I don't know, maybe. We shall find out. <laughs> interesting. So what have you been up to besides obviously shooting last night? Well, I've been up to a lot of like just weird random stuff. I've, I've got it. It's only February when we're recording this. So it's, you know, still winter here. And I wanted to shoot in some snow. I don't want to go up into the mountains or anything like that. So I wanted to go to eastern Washington. So I looked on this the live updating radar that takes the picture of the earth every, I don't know, updates like twice a day. And I saw there was all this new layer of snow or yesterday there wasn't. This whole layer of fresh snow all over all of the places that I go to, Moses Cooley and Grand Cooley and Northrop Canyon, all of these places. And I was so excited. And I was like, I got, I'm going to shoot it. Maybe the roads won't be open. Maybe I'll have to trudge a little bit, but I'm going to shoot some snow. And if the snow melts, then we got some crazy waterfalls. And then I, I made plans to do this. And I had the film picked out, the cameras picked out, and I checked the radar again and there was no snow. Not a drop. 
all of the ground was brown like it normally is. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what happened there. I looked I looked at the <laughs> sun. <laughs> well, I looked at the radar, like the past history, like the next day, the history of the radar, and there was never any snow there. So this is <laughs> mystery snow. I checked the weather reports. It never snowed there. So the radar is just- it clouds? No, it was not clouds. The radar just lied to me. I feel a little betrayed and a little hurt. How far away is it? Like four hours. Oh, okay. Because I was like, why don't you just drive and go find out? But I guess that's kind of- It's a commitment. A long drive. Yeah. So because I didn't do that, I decided to go out on a little little walk of my own into uh, Discovery Park in Seattle and just take some more pictures of that radar ball thing that I've been taking a lot of pictures of. And I did a little hike through there. I ended up coming home and feeling fine until like an hour later. And then my ankle started hurting really bad. And then like the day- after that, I couldn't walk for some reason. And I don't remember falling or twisting my ankle or anything. And then like the next day, it just went away. What the fuck is that about? <laughs> it's called old age. <laughs> sucks. I'm not a fan. Yeah, it's really funny to sit in the parking lot and just hear like all the old guys, like old surfer guys, like talk about their shoulder or their back or, you know, <laughs> like there's always something broken. <laughs> so one of the things I've been thinking about... Uh, for a lot of time this week. I've been noticing some of the photos you've been taking. There's one in particular where you shot in with Veracolor 3, and I have a feeling you, you may have gotten that from me. Oh, ooh. <laughs> and I, I know that you, you really enjoy Veracolor 3. Yes. And this is a photo that you call Methods of Interaction. And you showed it to me today, kind of accidentally, but you showed it to me today. And mm-hmm. I started looking at it, I'm like, oh, I love this, how, how like, the wave and the, the rim of the canyon, the cove. What is that called? Ledge? Is it called a ledge? Sure. The ledge. Cliff? The cliff. The cliff ledge drops off into the water. It all meets <laughs> this guy surfing. Where were you when you took this? I was floating in the water, and he kind of just, this way, this beautiful wave came through, and the sun reflecting on the on the wave face and a little bit of offshore wind, so there's like a little, you know, whitewash kind of blowing over. And then, yeah, like where the, I guess where the mountain cliff ledge, whatever you want to call it, and the wave intersect is exactly where the guy is uh, standing and, you know, surfing. Such a perfect... When I saw it happening in front of my face, to be honest, I I wasn't going to shoot it because of something super silly because he's like riding a wave storm. And as much as I know people love those boards, I, I have this like strong connection with my shaper uh, because he's an artist and I want to support him. And I think that if you're good enough <laughs> to catch a wave like this, then you probably should um, support your local shaper and get a board made. But it was just kind of like an opportune moment uh, to take the shot. So I took it. Now you're calling it methods of interaction. You don't often, well, I guess lately you've been kind of titling your photos. I'm trying to a little bit more, but you Usually I'm terrible with titles. I will disagree as far as this photo goes, at least. Yes. What do you I, what is this? What is this methods of interaction? I think that for the most part, I am kind of quiet and I stick to myself. I'm not saying that I'm not approachable because I feel like I will talk to anybody, honestly. If anybody that wants to talk to me, I will definitely talk to them. But I don't really like seek out, I don't really go out very much. Um it's just, I'm kind of comfortable being at home or, you know, surfing or whatever. So I guess like, 
methods of interaction is me basically being out in the water with a camera. It's a way where people, I think, are a little bit curious of what I'm doing. So I get to talk to people and kind of be <laughs> out there with, with everybody else. And same as surfing as well. Yeah. And it kind of gives a little bit more balance in my life as far as outside interaction with people. It's helpful for, obviously, you know, not going insane by myself over here. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I think that, like, the two things, like surfing and, you know, shooting kind of opens the door for conversation with new people. And I really like to meet new people, and I... I'm interested in, you know, who they are and what they're doing and all sorts of things. So it's nice to kind of be able to do these two hobbies that usually people are curious about and they want to talk to you. Oh, well, thank you. I I was wondering that for like days now. Oh. Let's talk about Slow Meow, please. So we've been talking about the Slow Meow, the the Tasma Micrat 200 for I think months now. And so we put Mm -hmm. it up for sale last episode, I guess. And it was gone in like a week. So we want to thank everybody who bought it. And we want to apologize to everybody who couldn't. Wait, in a week? I'm pretty sure it was like two days. Two or three days it was gone. Yeah, it was definitely two (laughs) shipping days. Uh, I spent spent a lot of time rolling and and, uh, packaging up film. I'm not sure if I'm any good at it. So you guys let me know. (laughs) So we hope to do more emulsion like this in the future. We actually have a lead going on some other film that's kind of a mystery even to us we really don't know what it is and if it works out it works out if it doesn't it doesn't it's that's just how things are but until then (laughs) i personally have been making ecn2 kits which is kind of cool (laughs) (laughs) sorry (laughs) and those are available on my nc site so if y'all want to look at those there we are all right eric do you want to check the nc machine Sure, sure. Now, what was the question we asked everybody to call in about? So we asked listeners to give us a film photography tip. Mm -hmm. So let's see what useful tips everyone has for us. That sounds like a great idea. Push the button. Hello. No one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. Hello, this is Matt Melcher from Iowa. Box of cameras in Instagram and podcast land. Here's my tip. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to take the picture. Don't be afraid to, to try the new developer. Don't be afraid to pick up the new film or the new camera or the new technique. Don't be afraid. Fuck yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> how, many, how many times are you just completely afraid? Not like terrified, but just afraid enough to not take the picture. Oh, yeah. I get like completely nervous. I'm, I'm like a nervous wreck sometimes. And it's ridiculous. I just need to take, take it easy. I will say that sometimes I think of like cost, you know, like, oh, if it's medium format or like if it's a sheet, like I can't fuck this up. (gasps) Sure, of course. I forgot we can cuss on the show. (laughs) I like literally just like covered my mouth. Like I was like, oh, no, I said a bad word. (laughs) So how long have you been doing this? This is our 13th episode. This this is um, literally the, the phrase you go out on is fuck yeah, I do. We did a zine called fuck yeah, I do. I know. And you forgot we could swear? When I'm, I mean, when I'm out, like, doing things, it's not like I'm just, like, this freaking sailor. (laughs) I disagree. (laughs) Disagree. I can be respectable when I need to be. (laughs) You're a proper fucking lady. I really am. 
Hey folks, uh, Jellygeist here, uh, Jellygeist on Instagram, and uh, my advice for film photography is to just take the damn picture. All right, cool, thanks, bye. Again, excellent advice. I think it goes right hand in hand with the don't be afraid. Yeah. Hey guys, um, this is Jim Griffin, James underscore Griffin on Instagram. Hey, my tip is um, get an immersion heater for a C41 development. Um, I got the one from the Film Photography Project. Um, it was um, it's the best thing ever for trying to maintain the de- the temps for Dev and uh, Blix, and uh, it's it's awesome. It's a game changer. Anyway, great podcast. Uh, keep up the good work. I got uh, a couple of your zines recently, and uh, they were awesome. Wow. Can you please <laughs> sing Tennessee Whiskey <laughs> by Waylon Jennings for me? Thank you. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you've had some experience with an immersion heater. Yes. You've had actually um, you've had one experience with it. Is that correct? <laughs> no, I, I I have one and I've used it once or twice. Uh I'm s- kind of impatient. <laughs> Didn't it stop working? Um Oh, yeah, that's why I stopped using it. It's broken. (laughs) That's why. Folks, if you're wondering what I'm here for, it's that. Honestly, like, (laughs) you don't have to get, like, a photo one. You can just get, like, a regular, like, cooking one, and that works just as well. And I, I, I got, like, a Cinestill one, and I've used it twice, and it's broken, so... I've just been using boiled water, but I did like it, especially if you just need to do stuff and you can just let it go on its own and it'll get your temps exactly right hey guys it's uh david wewell from canada my instagram is just david wewell w-i-e-w-e-l my tip is to make c41 a little bit more economical i buy two liter mix kit from uh, film photography project and I mix up 500 mils at a time. I just use a cheap scale that I got off eBay and mix up a quarter of the pouch by weight. And my results have been great. I've been getting a yield of uh, 20 rolls of C41 per 500 milliliters with no noticeable fall off in quality. So when we were on backing paper, I mentioned how neat it would be if <laughs> you could do small batches. And he actually sent me a message and told me this. And I was like, how did I not even think of just being able to separate it? I just need to get a better scale. But that's such a great idea. Why not? Hi, Eric and Vanya. This is Hannah Grace. I'm just calling in to give my tip for the one photography tip. When I was in undergrad, they tried to teach us about the zone system. And the reiteration that they kept saying was oh, <laughs> um, overexpose and underdevelop. And of course, that's, you know, applicable towards black and white and if you're processing yourself. But I still think of that today. Thanks. As a As a podcast, I would like to offer to adopt your baby, not in any real or helpful way. <laughs> But just in a sort of like a symbolic way, like we'd like to symbolically adopt your child. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) She sounds adorable, though. Oh, my gosh. So what do you think? Um, Overexpose and underdevelop? It's not something that I know honestly much about. Well, so if you're 
underdeveloping in the dark room and dodging and burning. I guess if you're overexposing to get shadow detail. Okay, sure. I guess that makes but sense. But I don't do much dark room right now. I'm still <laughs> coming up with plans for that <laughs> right now. It's in process. I'm building a shed, a dark shed of my own, but it's taking longer than expected. <laughs> Are you going to call it a she shed? No, I'm not calling it a she shed. Are you sure you're not calling it a she shed? Absolutely not. It's a dark, dark room. Like my dark, dark soul. <laughs> it may not be a fun tip, but my film photography tip is to... Crap, I'm going to have to redo this. It may not be the best tip or the fun tip. My film photography tip is to, if you screw up while you're processing, just keep going. You know, you would be amazed at what film photography or film, I should say, will endure. Unless you put the fixer in first for like three minutes or completely expose the film to light, you might get some perfectly usable images or some really neat surprises. Jamie Maldonado, Jamie M. Photo, thanks. Yeah, I know. I, I kind of agree with that. Um, yes, me too. Just do it. I mean, if you if you fuck up when you're when you're processing, there's literally nothing you can do about it anyway. So just keep going for it. Um, yep. You okay over there? You having some some issues? It's my goatee. Okay, just calm down. Hey, Eric and Vanya, it's Steve Abbott at SA Photos One here on the gram. Uh, do I make mistakes? Fuck yeah, I do. And I used to beat myself up until I realized I'm learning with everyone. So I embrace the mantra, every frame is a lesson. And not only has it given me a ton more patience with myself when I screw up, but I also realized that as long as I keep shooting, I'm always learning something new with each shot. So my tip is to allow yourself to be vulnerable in the mistakes and to look for the lesson in each and every frame. Love the podcast. Thanks for all you guys are doing. See ya. Yes, absolutely. Yes, it is. It is a lesson. Everyone. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. I need to stop saying absolutely. That's it for the rest of the, the, rest guys. Of the episode is no more absolutely. No more. I promise. <laughs> okay, guys, don't tell Vanya drinking game. Every time she says absolutely, take a shot. <laughs> Hi, Ralph Brandy. There is no cat on Instagram. Twitter, Flickr, the internet's pretty much everywhere but Facebook. Uh, you're asking for tips. My tip is this. If you have a rangefinder camera and you have a lens cap, throw the lens cap away. With an SLR, if you're looking through the viewfinder, you're looking out the seeing lens, you can tell when the lens cap is on. But with a rangefinder, you're not looking through the taking lens. You're looking through a couple of things above it. It's really easy to miss that you left the lens cap on and go, you know, you taking pictures, click, 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 and you get home and you realize, oh, I forgot to take the lens cap off. So you want to you protect your lens, put a UV filter on it, but toss the lens cap or you know if you think you might want to sell the camera someday put it in a drawer somewhere or something just just get rid of it now that's my tip that is good advice i think it is summed up very succinctly by lens caps will slow you down use filters instead absolutely wait what did you say <laughs> fuck already <laughs> shit <laughs> why do i do this i pick a word and then i it just it just goes with me for the re I don't even say that in real life. <laughs> you need a word a day calendar. Ugh, All right, last God. one. You ready? Yes.
you want to say hey call him out on here get a flash get your camera get the dark room or night and just get free to with it bye and hell i mean sure <laughs> yep <laughs> just get freaky with it yeah best advice ever thank you so much So I guess we should tell the folks what our tips are. Vanya, what's your tip? What are your tips? I would say always try to get a different perspective than what you first see. Get weird, shoot low, do something unusual. Um, Just Hail Mary shot, you know? Don't even try sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes those are fun. (laughs) Get freaky with it. Yeah. And you? It's gather and write down as much information about the shot as you can, at least the camera and the film, the process, the times and all that's wonderful for large format. The And the important shots, get the aperture and the shutter speed. So when you do fuck up and you will fuck up, it will help you figure out how and maybe help you get a little more fine tuned. And it helps everybody out if you post that information on Instagram or Flickr or wherever you're posting these things. Do that. It's not a trade secret, folks. Get over yourselves. This episode, we're giving a call to Amy Blessing. You may know her as Iowa Amy on IG. She lives in Iowa City. She is also the woman behind Back to the Base on Instagram. Though she first started shooting film in high school, she picked it up again in 2016. She was in the first American Colors show, but it was at Photo Filmy, I think, did that in St. Louis, and is working on a project in a book documenting towns along the Mississippi River in Iowa, which are kind of really cool places. So if you're not familiar with her work, it explores these empty spaces of small town, this Midwestern life. While many folks will often overlook this part of the country, Amy and her photography, they they really, really embody it. Um, And probably most importantly, I think, her favorite ice cream flavor is this coconut-based peanut butter slash curry slash maple goodness that she gets every summer when she's vacationing in Michigan. So let's give Amy Blessing a call. Hello. Hello. Hey, it's Eric and Vanya from All Through a Lens. <laughs> Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Oh, so long day for you. Thank you so much for doing this. <laughs> Thanks for asking me. Yeah. Exciting. I'm very excited. <laughs> okay. So I guess the first question we'll ask is the question that we're asking all the listeners to call in about. And that was a real simple one this time around was give us just one photography tip. A tip. A tip. Always carry a camera. Love yeah, it. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't get that one. We that's did a good not one. we did not get that one. And that's something that I, I regret not doing today, actually. So yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I've had to, so many times where I'm like, oh, should I have my camera? But then tonight during class, I went to get something out of my bag and I pulled out like three cameras and the people <laughs> are looking at me like, uh. <laughs> so awesome. These are like really nice cameras. They were just little point and shoots, but still. Yeah. <laughs> Always carry a camera. All right. So uh, second question, you kind of have a small town Midwest feel to your photography, but it doesn't seem put on or even purposely done. It's just what it is. Do you have a particular style or intention when shooting these small towns? 
I may not do it intentionally, but I think when I look um, at small towns and see things that I like um, and I want to get them in like a, a frame, you know, like say one frame. I do know that I don't like a lot of outside noise in my photos. I, okay. I, that's something I've just like, it just kind of registered with me because somebody recently asked me if they could use one of my photos and another person painted one of my photos and maybe they're, I don't know, maybe they're kind of plain, but anyhow, I do think that I like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> just something I've noticed and I, it didn't even make, I wasn't even aware of it until this man asked me about it. And I thought, oh, I do that. So the the Midwest is often seen as like a flyover country. It's kind of gotten that moniker even. Uh, it's kind of forgotten about or even scorned, um, except for like every By four years. People. By some people, yes. Um, do you think like other photographers should visit the Midwest to explore it? Or is it kind of more of a you have to live here to get it sort of place? No, I think anybody could get it if they wanted to. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's just what you're interested in. I don't know. I love the Midwest. I think that's pretty obvious. I love Iowa. I think it's a beautiful state. I think there's, I mean, there's a lot of corn. There is. I'm not. <laughs> a lot of corn. Not my favorite thing, but <laughs> like the monoculture. Um, I think there's a lot of beauty here. I think there's a lot of beauty anywhere that if you look for it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's always like surprises. And I think like you, you know, your photography shows that. Like I wouldn't have never thought oh i want to go to iowa but i'm sure after we get off i'm going to be like oh my god we're going to iowa (laughs) (laughs) all the the fairs (laughs) get ready to eat some funnel cakes (laughs) i am super down for funnel cake (laughs) so speaking of your pictures on instagram um could you select maybe one of them just you know, maybe one of your recent ones and talk a little bit about the shot, the day, the memories and why you decided to shoot it. There's a shot on there that I did of a house and I'm not, I'm not really wild about the shot. I never know when I post something like if people are going to like it or, or if I'm just going to be the only one liking it, you know, Um, but there's a shot on there that I did uh, on kind of a gray day. It's a black and white shot of a house and some laundry (laughs) frozen hanging on the Oh, I see it. Yeah. I was, I was just driving by on my way to the Amish store. Um, <laughs> Fruitful day. Uh, I don't know. I just see things. Don't you? Like when you take photos, I, I just see things. Oh, that'd be a nice photo. And yeah, it is a neat photo. It is. It, 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 it's snowing, but they're, yeah, it's laundry day. <laughs> they're hanging their sheets out to dry. Yeah. A lot of people were puzzling about, you know, what's going to happen when you bring the clothes in. <laughs> I don't know. I don't find that out, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I like scenes like that. Well, you you do a lot of, almost equally, I guess, black and white and color. I do a lot of, yeah. You do a lot of both. You know, so like, I what- love them both, and I love 35 millimeter medium format. I have a couple large format cameras. A lot of my stuff does not make it onto my Instagram. <laughs> sure, sure. But yeah. it's fun. I mean, like I mentioned earlier, like to me, learning and trying new things, that's like the fun part of it for me. I don't feel like I, I don't feel like I'm ever going to get tired of trying new things and learning new things. <laughs> Your photography seems to chronicle parts of the past that still remain almost unchanged in the present. Do you purposely avoid the modern and shoot around it? Or do you simply capture what is there? I shoot pretty much 
anything and everything. What makes it onto my Instagram is a lot of older stuff. And I've found that the longer I shoot um, like old signs or, you know, just old stuff, it's disappearing all the time. Yeah, I, I purposely shoot older stuff. I'm drawn to older, older stuff. But I do shoot all kinds of stuff. But just seeing a lot of things disappearing uh, just gives it a little more urgency for me to go out and you never know, you know? Yeah. When stuff's going to disappear. Yeah, I was explaining this to Eric recently. Like, you can go outside and take a picture of your street. And it's like, oh, okay, it's just a picture of my street. But honestly, in like 25 years, it might be really, really interesting. Because how much change is going to happen in those 25 years? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I try to remember that and not think like things are boring sometimes. And maybe they're just going to become more interesting with time. Yeah, or just so. never be the same again. I mean, maybe they're interesting now and they're going to be... I mean, I saw uh, there's this great sign in the Quad Cities. It was had the torchlight and it was this hand-painted, like, old-school neon sign. And I went, you know, a couple of weeks ago and it painted over white. And, oh, wow. Uh, you know, so to me, that's, you know, just a little piece of me and goes. <laughs> You're like, no. Oh, I totally get it. So you curate back to the base, which kind of, was that a newer thing that you've done? You've started or like within the last year or so, I think. Yeah, I've been doing it for about a year. Okay. Could you explain a little bit like what it is and how you got involved and how you go about selecting the photos? I got involved um, with my friend Kelly. She started the page some years ago. It's all film photos, as you know, and we just kind of offer an eclectic mix, I think, of, of photos. I just looked through a bunch of tags, you know? Yeah. <laughs> photos tagged back to the base, and I like to see stuff that's from all around the world, you yeah. know? And that's kind of fun for me. <laughs> like. <laughs> You know, it's like a virtual vacation. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's a fun, I mean, it's fun. It's really fun for me. Instagram's been fun for me. I've met a lot of cool people. And I've met a lot of people online and been friends with them online and then later met them in person. And that's been a pure delight. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we're familiar absolutely. with that idea. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you two met in person? You've met in person. We have. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, the first day that I met Eric, I decided to get my axe out and chop wood. <laughs> I'm like, I'm pretty handy with an axe, just letting you know. <laughs> wow. And I just thought you were trying to impress me. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see how she was chopping wood. It was not impressive. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Better than I could do, but still not impressive. <laughs> Uh, so, Amy, do you have any rituals or habits before or while you're shooting? Let me think about that. No, I just try to figure out how many cameras I'm going to take. And I don't have any. No, I don't. No habits or anything? <laughs> How's that? Do you load, like, one with color, one with black and white? Like, how many cameras do you usually bring, like, on average? Six or seven. Okay. I definitely I don't, don't feel so bad. I mean, I always shoot them, but I like to always bring my um, RB67. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, wow. Point and shoot, range finder. Sometimes I bring my my four by five pinhole, but mm -hmm. I never wind up using it. So I told myself I had to stop bringing it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> 
or only bring that so that I am forced to tr- to use it. Oh yeah. Like, I just like to go out and shoot. I shoot every day. That's amazing. Yeah, that is great. I mean, how often do you, Eric? You shoot every day. No, um, this is the first winter that I've shot like at all. At all. Yeah. Last last winter, I took probably five months off. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's probably healthy. <laughs> I focused on projects like zines mostly, and like you mm. know, buying cameras. Or selling cameras in that case, too. But yeah, it was a nice way to clear my head. But with the podcast now, I can't. I can't take that long of a break. Because what would I talk about? Sure. I have kind of forced myself to shoot all winter, and I've loved it. But So it's probably like, what, two rolls a week, maybe? Yeah, that sounds about right. But not every day. But not every day. I mean, when I say I shoot every day, I don't go out and shoot roll after roll of film every day. No. But you at least get a couple pictures. I try to. Yeah. 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 I like that. I did some double exposures on my Holga today. Oh, fun. Yeah, one of my classmates, she made silly faces. I shot her, and then I shot the trees, <laughs> shot her, shot the clouds, you know. <laughs> yeah. They'll probably never see the light of day, but it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> you shoot every day, Bonnie. Almost. Almost every day. Yeah, you're pretty close. Well, I guess that's I guess that's all of the questions. We gave her a lot of questions. I feel we like did. we gave her more questions than anybody else we've ever. Poor, I'm sorry, Amy. Like we just like blasted you with tons of questions. No, it's okay. It's good. I enjoyed it. Thanks, you guys. Yes, thank you for you coming on. Asking me, yeah. I hope this is usable, Very usable material usable. for you. It's not be offended. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was great. It was really great. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Right. Have a good weekend. All right. You too. All right. Thank you. you. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Last episode, we talked about the history of trichromes and how color photos were made before the invention of color emulsion. On this episode, we're going to explain how to make them yourself with some black and white film, three color filters, a 35 millimeter camera, and the magic of some Photoshop or Photoshop-like program. Okay, so first, what you're going to need is just a regular black and white film, panchromatic film. Uh, you're going to use like a Tri-X or a, or a T-Max. What did you use, Vanya? I think I use Polypan. Okay. See, any any film, even even Polypan, even even Lucky <laughs> Film, if you're lucky enough to still have some, but whatever, it just can't be ortho. So none of the Kodak ortho lift stuff will work here. We've been finding that that 400 speed works really perfect for this. Yeah, Polypan 50 was probably not the best choice. No, but like a Tri-X at 400. Yes. Or a T-Max at 400. Perfect stuff. Yeah. Well, because Fuller when you're metering through a red filter, you're going to need to need a little bit of a faster film. So I would stick with 400 or up. Case of a camera, preferably something that... Um, works? <laughs> preferably something that works. Good. Uh, a tripod is essential because you need to take... What you're doing is you're taking a photo of something, or you will be taking a photo of something. You're going to need to be in the same place for three different photos that are going to be identical. So you need to have a camera, a tripod, a red, green, and blue filter. And these filters can be gotten really cheaply from like Amazon or something, like a color filter set. They're probably not the exact colors, but you know, if you really want to get technical and exact, you can shout out the big bucks for the rat numbers 29, 61, and 47 for red, green, and blue. So how do we go about finding a subject? How do we go about looking at what to shoot? Well, I definitely don't want to tell people what to shoot. I'm perfectly okay with doing that. (laughs) But some things to consider. You are going to be matching these up in Photoshop. So they 
need to be able to be matched up. So if it's a very windy day, probably not the best for trichromes. Uh, shooting water, probably not the best for trichromes because it's just not going to line up. So something, maybe just a very bright, sunny day with zero wind, if possible. Yeah. Uh, I would definitely shoot something colorful because you want to see what the colors look like. Yeah, uh, definitely a sunny day. And the reason you don't want to, at least at first, shoot water is because when you do, see what's happening here with with all of the still stuff is you're you're overlapping a red, a green, and a blue photo. And so if they all match up, then all the colors match up. But when things are moving, they don't match up at all anymore. And so the water is is just one shade of those things or like a weird like oil spill on the water. It doesn't look good. It could be a look that you're going for, but you probably should start with the basics first. Nail the basics and then do your weird, goofy, artsy shit if you want to do it after that. Another thing to keep in mind is sticking with one F stop. So when you're metering through red, green, and blue, just change the speed. So I guess like an aperture priority type of situation there. Yeah. And you mentioned metering through the filters. And I think that's really important to do. And it's also something that I'm really bad at remembering. To I'm really lazy. <laughs> I have a spot meter and it's probably a really good meter to have for this because you can just literally just hold up the filter over the meter and get a reading. Basically meter through the filter at your ISO setting and just change the speed and not the f-stop. Yeah, because if the red filter is a little darker than the blue filter, for example, and you need to match the light coming in, you will have to make an adjustment. It, you should. I generally don't, but you, I probably should. And then if you're going to, but if you're going to do that, yeah, uh, change the shutter speed, not the aperture. So I hope you guys are writing this down. If you're driving, pull over. <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> um, RGB, so red, green, blue. That should be the order that you do it. It just keeps things simple. You will need to remember where you started doing the trichrome. So if you're going to start from one, just red first, then green, then blue, and just keep going. When you develop your film and you start to scan them, what I did was I just typed in red um, as the first so red, one, green, one, blue, one, and then again, red, two, green, two, blue, two. <laughs> yeah, make, make sure, yeah, make sure the, uh, the files are marked accordingly when you get to that point. If you, f if you fuck one up, it's probably a good idea to take a picture of something else in between going back and shooting it again so you don't get all screwed up. Yeah, that's I've a good idea. That. I've came up with like five of the same images in a row. Like, I have no idea which one's the red one. Oh, okay. Which one's the start? Okay, so maybe taking a single shot between them to break them up might help. I often do that, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a good idea. So, okay, let's say you've you've shot a whole roll of these or as many as you want to shoot and you're done and you're and you're ready to develop. You're not doing anything differently with this develop, are you? No. This is just developing in your favorite black and white developer and you just scan them as normal. There's no reason to do anything weird or differently about them. Just scan them in, get them get them all set down and then when you have the files all before you, you can label them, you know, red, green and blue like Vanya was talking about. So, here's where the boring magic comes in. And this is this is very boring magic. <laughs> Hopefully we can... Why don't we put some jaunty music behind it while you read <laughs> these very exciting facts? Now, what happened to stuffy dead white guy? <laughs> I'll have to find the stuffy dead white from... guy from episode one. <laughs> yeah. well, Where did we'll he go? Did he get fired? He, yeah, he, uh, he caused some, some trouble. Um, 
across the pond <laughs> across the pond yeah yeah i think he's responsible for brexit it's kind of a weird coincidence that we got him on now you'll head over to photoshop or gimp or whatever program that you use i use photoshop and eric uses gimp because unsurprisingly he uses linux yeah and, and vanya of course you use you use photoshop because that she's she just makes sense honestly uh the first thing you want to do is load all of the images into a single frame and each image gets its own layer. So however you can do that in whatever photo editing program that you're using, I put red as the as the first layer, uh, green as the second, and blue as the third. In Photoshop, it'll ask you if you want to merge or roster size the layers. Don't. <laughs> Align them as accurately as possible. Make sure that your image is in RGB mode. In both Linux and Photoshop, you just click the image menu, then go to mode, and then you'll see it there. Just make sure that's ticked. Yes. And now, and now, now is where the magic begins. For real, it's time to tint. Starting with the red layer, you want to colorize it. So in GIMP, this is under the color menu. That makes sense. Where is it in Photoshop? <laughs> in Photoshop, it's in image uh-huh. adjustments mm. <laughs> hue and saturation oh great yeah and that just works that way do you have to tick a colorize box you have to tick a colorize box god that's genius <laughs> so in gimp they use a scale of zero to a hundred for their hues while photoshop uses a 360 degree color wheel and i like honestly i like photoshop's better in this case but in both red is zero so i set i set the the hue to zero which is red and then the saturation is to 75 five uh lightness is around negative 30 and i'm saying around because you can't adjust these things this is this is your photo you can do whatever the fuck you want with it and you hit okay and now your red layer is red yay same is true for photoshop when you go to the hue and saturations and you get to the colorize it'll give you the options and you'll just write same thing zero for red saturation 75 and negative 30 so you do the same thing with green and blue in gimp you use 33 Three and 66. So you get that 0, 33, 66. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Hmm. Kind of like a Violent Femme song, right? 0, 33, 66. 0, 33, 66. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what it is. <laughs> when you get older, that's what it is. <laughs> huh. Almost. Almost. Okay. <laughs> I know I feel that way a lot of times. <laughs> So what is it in in a Photoshop? Uh, the green is 120 degrees, okay. and blue is 240 degrees in Photoshop. And the saturation and lightness we keep the same for all the colors. So saturation is still 75, and lightness mm-hmm. is negative 30. I hope you guys are getting this. You guys are yeah. all memorizing this. If not, they're, they're writing it don't down. worry, because this will be in our show notes and on our blog, and you can definitely go back and take a look at all those. Absolutely. Again, why? What is this? Am I saying it now? I think so. So, okay, we're almost finished. So hang in there. All, all we have to do is make them transparent. So this, I believe, is the same in both uh, Photoshop and GIMP. And so it's in the layers panel. I think that's on the right. Yes. Um, you need to set the top two layers to screen. 
So and top two layers, he means the green and blue layer. The red stays case, the same. Yes, absolutely. And the bottom layer, which is red in this case, should just be normal. It doesn't really matter uh, in which order any of these layers come in. So don't get freaked out if you're not doing it in this order. But the bottom layer does have to be normal and the two top layers do have to be screen. Otherwise, you don't see anything. And so what happens then? Once you do this, the color image will appear. It's magic. Yay! You can also mess with the brightness and the levels, of course. Do your Photoshop magic. Um, and save it. Well, flatten it. Save it. And you're done. You have a color image made from three black and white pictures. So pat yourself on the back. Oh, they should. So if you actually do this, and we really hope you do, send us a photo or two or send us a bunch of photos. We will put them up. We will heap praise upon you, even if they're as <laughs> shitty as ours. We just want to see them. And speaking of, of ours. Speaking uh, of shitty. <laughs> speaking of shitty, Vanya, how, how, um, how, how are yours? How'd they turn out? Well, I decided to use your exacta. I got a lot of comments because I took a picture of the exacta with my phone and put it on my story and people were stoked on the exacta because the exactas are probably the nicest looking 35 millimeter camera oh my god yes and i had the like waist it. level like viewfinder on it it's yep it's a cute it is a cute camera it's great it's a wonderful um, wonderful camera it would be better if it worked but unfortunately the i disagree <laughs> the camera that i was use- using wasn't working properly so there was a l- some pinholes in the I, i'm gonna call it this like the second curtain so you okay. take an image you know obviously the uh, you know the screen <laughs> okay let me start over where should i start <laughs> Hello and welcome to the <laughs> <No>. <laughs> So what was wrong with the exact the the uh there were pinholes in the in the in the curtain? Yeah, so when you take an image, the there's like two curtains. There's the regular shutter curtain and then before you advance it, there's like a secondary curtain. And I opened up the I took the lens off and before I advanced I just looked in the sun and there's like a ton of pinholes. So all those little like magical orbs on all those pictures that I thought maybe were ghosts were not. They were just- Wait, they're not ghosts? No, they're not. They're just light leaks. It really sucks because I'm borrowing someone else's camera and I'm like, great. Now he's going to think that I'm like doing voodoo, like magic work over here with like pins, like (laughs) putting holes in your curtain. But I did not put any holes in your curtain. The the holes were there. You're right. They they were there. And (laughs) uh, I knew that when I sent it to you and I I just wanted to fuck with you. (laughs) Something that I enjoy doing a lot. So I ended up getting one shot. I didn't even talk about trichromes yet. I was just talking about how your camera was shitty. So anyways, <laughs> I took some trichromes. They are not cute because there's a bunch of weird light leaks all over the place. But I will post it anyways because, eh, why not? I actually liked it. I, I could be biased because it is the exacta. And it's very close to my heart. It was before you destroyed it. <laughs> I did not destroy it. All right. Tell me about yours. Because you've been doing this a lot longer. Yeah, I've been doing trichromes for two or three years now. And I've never I've never felt that I've really been able to kind of master it. And I've, I've always wanted to. I think a lot of it has to do with my choice of subject. And I think maybe a little bit of that is is I'm just kind of anxious to take trichromes. And so I'll, I'll just take pictures that I know won't really turn out. I just kind of did a roll that way this past week. And there's one photo out of the entire roll that I think, I think works pretty well. But 
looking for sun in Seattle in winter is tough. You have to deal with that. So I would take like the first picture and it'd be sunny and the second picture would be partly sunny and the third would be cloudy. And so I'm like, I'm changing the light and that's just not good for what I'm doing. But the ones from years past, I think, I think when you're shooting in the desert where it's like a constant light, I think it works. I think it works really well. So maybe um, good be for a summer project. I think so. Yeah, I think it's great for a summer project. So again, if you guys are taking trichromes, send them to us. We really want to see them. Sometimes we like to pick a photo that we took and dig into the day, scene, and reason why we shot it. This episode, we're picking two shots from the fuck yeah we did zine. The photos can be found in the show notes. If you have the zine, it's page 14 and 15. All right, so let's talk about Eric's photo first. It's the no trespassing. Yes. So if you're looking at the zine, it's the one with the no trespassing sign. That's mine. So I found this scene uh, while exploring the Oregon Trail through eastern Kansas. I, I visited Alcove Springs, where the old trail crossed the Big Blue River, just south of Marysville. I uh, was hoping to pick up the trail on the other side of the river, and I drove south, and it doesn't really matter. Anyway, I'm on the other side of the river. Though I couldn't find the exact Oregon Trail crossing, I came across this property. It was totally abandoned, and the, the no trespassing sign really stuck out to me, as with the rig and the tree and the house. It all just kind of you know, coalesced together. I pulled over the car, and I dragged out a bunch of cameras. I stopped, and I, I took in the scene. And I paced like, oh, God, like a 50 foot length from just up and down, just looking for the right angle, looking for the right light. It was took, I took a, a few photos along the way, including the, this one with the, with the cheap Argus Cosina SLR. But I also had my four by five Seneca Chautauqua out. As I was setting it up and getting it all ready, this older fellow, he drove up in a pickup truck with his wife in, his, in, the, in the passenger seat and they stopped and they asked, can I help you? Curious as to why the hell I was there, but also genuinely wondering what I was doing. Uh, I explained that I was just taking a few photos and I pointed to this, this old four by five camera that I had set up, hoping that he would see this ancient thing and, and draw some kind of connection to it. Like, Oh, my grandfather used to shoot these old. And no, he looked at it and looked at me and just did not give a shit about my camera. And this happens sometimes. Some people just don't care about photography and that's, that's okay. So anyway, long story short, no. <laughs> uh, he saw me along the side of the road and he wanted to make sure that I wasn't trespassing and I really wasn't. After telling him that I was just taking a few photos, he seemed to ponder it for a moment and then he allowed it. And this is an interesting thing that happens kind of a lot. I had, of course, every legal right to be there, but that's kind of not important. I was on a public road, but I wasn't really a, a part of their community there. I was an outsider. And in this case, I, I needed the I guess the approval of a community member to feel really comfortable there. He didn't need to approve me being there, but it was nice. Uh, I'm not sure what would have happened if he didn't buy my story or didn't like my face or, you know, he was a, seemed like a nice guy, I guess. Uh, but, you know, I was doing something kind of weird. And in the end, we talked a bit about the area and he drove away and he waved goodbye out of his truck and his wife waved goodbye. And they really seemed like really nice people. I shot five or six photos here and they're all different, but they all carry that kind of accepting feeling with them, I think. I, uh, they kind of are, are warm photos to me. It's one of my better experiences with people. And I've had a lot of good experiences. So uh, I guess you picked your photo because the sign we had both had signs in our pictures. Is that correct? Yeah, I matched, I matched all the photos for the zine, by the way. <laughs> yes, you did. You kind of kicked ass at it. Well, there's like, you know, some that are obvious and some that are not so obvious. But 
Yeah. Um, the one on the right-hand page is mine. Uh, I shot it with my Yoshika Matt G. Uh, so let me explain it a little bit. The Like in the summer months, or basically really any warm, sunny weekend, they put out signs to instruct cyclists to walk their bikes by the Manhattan Beach Pier. If you haven't visited Southern California, there is a bike path that parallels the ocean. And we call it the Strand. The pier can get pretty congested and it is a popular place to visit. So a lot of pedestrians and people all over the place. I would say maybe one in five cyclists actually listen to the signs. So I thought it would be funny to stand in one spot with my Yoshika mat and just capture people riding their bikes past the sign. I shot Fuji Acros 100. It probably took me 10 minutes to finish the roll. I was going to make a zine or do something funny with the images, but I haven't yet. I have a lot of ideas and things I want to do. I'm sure I'll eventually do something with them. I find it pretty hilarious to get pictures of people paying little heed to warning signs. I guess it shows a little (laughs) bit of their entitlement. There's enough fuck. I've said so many fuck in this episode. I don't need to say it again. Vanya says hi. We really like zines. We like zines a lot. We've always liked zines. And in our youth, it was punk rock and rah, rah, rah. And now it's film photography zines. Isn't that right, Vanya? Absolutely. Absolutely. (gasps) There you go. Oh, no, I did it again. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, so So, our first zine I'm going to review. Yes, let's do a zine review. The zine that I'm reviewing is from the the guy that runs Camerodactyl, and it's a sticker zine. So Ethan actually wrote Eric and I both lovely handwritten letters and also sent us this amazing sticker zine. Ethan had a surplus of photos he took of the cameras he used to sell. He also had a thermal label printer and a lot of stickers. Rather than turning to a life of petty graffiti-related crimes, he decided to make a sticker zine. Each page is a 4x6 black and white thermal image of a camera. There's a Graflex, a Roloflex, and something you call a Ciroflex. The one I really like is the his 3D printed polka dot 4x5 field camera. That one is oh, yes. super cute. I like the RB because it looks so tiny and small. It does look tiny compared to the Canon on the right-hand page. So these are great. I would love to say that I'm going to stick them all over the place, but I'm probably not. I've thought about it a few times and i just like i just can't seem to peel them out yet i just can't do it it's almost like you need a, a zine for peeling and sticking and a zine for saving of course i did have a good idea though if i see someone that had a super shitty parking job i was thinking about taking the argus c3 brick and sticking it on their windshield like Sorry. a break through a window? Yes. Yeah. So what he <laughs> needs to do is make entire zines of just the Argus C3. <laughs> Bricks everywhere. So Ethan also described the zine himself. There are the lowest quality prints you've ever seen in a zine. And the binding is even worse. The books are bound to fall apart and the stickers are all thermal, which is basically the opposite of archival. But they're pretty fun. I think you and Eric and most of the listeners would probably get a real kick out of them. And he is absolutely right. They are available on his website, cameradactyl.com, and they are $12. Yeah, and the link will be in the show notes. I think we had this conversation the yeah. other day really quick. Okay. 
film photographers obviously love shooting film, but I definitely think that getting a old camera to work is a huge part of it. Like just the mystique of, of, of an old camera still working? Yeah, not just that, but just like even like collecting them. They're just fun to collect. So like this zine is amazing because I'm just like flipping through it and it's like all these great cameras like, oh, the Olympus pen. I kind of want that camera, you know, like yeah. every it's just so fun to look at old cameras, I guess. Be a nice little checklist. Yes. All the cameras that you want. <laughs> all right. What's your zine? So I'm reviewing a zine that came to us um, maybe a couple of months ago, and I've been kind of sleeping on it, and I really shouldn't have. It's by Richard Hall. It's called Every Bus Stop Has Its Own Coffee Shop. The zine is, is subtitled Glimpses of Shrewsbury, and it's a color and black and white half-size zine. It's probably about 42 pages. Richard did what I find it so difficult to do, and that's take photos of where he lives, and he really captured the place. It kind of reminds me of Tony Skokovic's zine, where he, he walked along the river in Toronto area. Uh, Richard's zine gives you a, a lovely stroll through Shrewsbury. It's even laid out like that, like a tour, and it, and it really is a tour. Along the way, we we stop to hear him point out bits of history and information about what we're looking at. There's the Welsh Bridge, the Butter Market, aka Butters, and Shrewsbury Abbey. But this isn't simply like one tour. The scene takes place over the entire year, and and, over, and it's in the night, it's in the day. There's the evening life in the market, and there's the morning commute up St. John's Hill. We wind our way through the streets and along the river until finally we return to the Port Hill footbridge. Richard's a Methodist minister, which kind of took me off guard. Uh, not that a Methodist minister shouldn't be able to make a zine and, and, and do photos like this, but that they're actually <laughs> listening to us while we curse and swear away. Um, so we, we thank him very much for dealing with our irreverence. We appreciate you and we really dig the zine. So thank you. And you guys might dig it too. You can find him on Instagram at connections with an X. So it's like the old spelling of connections. And his zine is wonderfully inexpensive. Uh, we'll have his links all in the show notes. So check that out if you will. So we are running short on zines to review. So if you guys have a zine that's available still for sale, please maybe trade us or send us a link. We would love to review your zines. Absolutely. Okay, I guess that's about all the podcasts we have for you today. The time just just flies when we're having all of this fun together, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Ah, damn it, again. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. (laughs) Oh my God. You like are setting me up. (laughs) I am not. Ah, I am offended. If you'd like to contact us, we're at allthroughalens.podcast on Instagram. By email, it's allthroughalens.podcast at gmail, and we're at allthroughalens on Twitter. Vanya is Surf Martian. And Eric is at conspiracy.of.cartographers. Both on Instagram. And speaking of Instagram, make sure to hashtag your stuff, hashtag allthroughalenspodcast to be featured. We also do a Spotify playlist for each episode, so check those out and see what we're listening to. Just search All Through a Lens. Yeah, we'd really like you to do that. We spend kind of a lot of time on the Spotify <laughs> playlist for some reason, so check those out. We, we, they're really close to our hearts. Um, you can also find our episodes on Spotify, as well as on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and wherever the hell else you find your podcast. Subscribe and leave a review. The music you're hearing now is from Last Regiment of Syncopated Drummers, which you can find at lastregiment.com. And we thank you all so, so much for listening. We love you. 
We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Uh, Vanya? Yes. Do you want to go out and shoot? Fuck yeah, I do. Let's go! <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs>